You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode number four. Today, I'm sharing all about how to create a personal brand that truly captivates your audience and clients. It can be easy to know what we have to offer the world, but it's not always easy to know how to get it out into the world in a relatable way. From your social media platforms to your website copy, your emails, and more, you want to make sure your brand is consistent, but also not super boring. I'm going to be teaching you how to do all of that and more in today's episode, so saddle up, it's going to be a good one. Hey, real quick, are you looking to give your Instagram bio a little upgrade? Your bio is the very first thing that people see when they come onto your profile, and since we're limited to the number of words we can put in there, we want to use that space wisely. Did you know that the average time it takes for someone to decide if they want to stay on your profile or not is less than three seconds? That's hardly any time at all, which means first impressions are everything. But how the heck do you know what to put in there that makes people want to stay for more? Don't worry, I got you. I created a free guide that will walk you step by step through what to add and remove from your Instagram bio to make sure that you're converting new followers and getting your people in the right place. It's totally free and I'm holding nothing back. You can get your download by heading over to sarahelrod.com slash Instagram. What are you waiting for, friend? Head to sarahelrod.com slash Instagram and click the link. Hey, 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 cowgirls. Welcome back to the Branded Cowgirl podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Speckman. And as you all probably know by now, soon to be Sarah Elrod, but I just feel like I need to say that because I do reference my website and it's my new last name. (laughs) So just for any sort of clarity, Sarah Spagman is my name, Sarah Elrod is my future name, but uh, for the sake of my sanity for after I get married, I don't want to have to change everything later on, so I just did it now. So... (laughs) Sorry for the confusion, and to any Karens out there that are judging me for that decision, I don't care. All right, I'm super pumped for today's show, you guys. Um, It's just like, I I feel like I say this a lot, but it's one of my favorite topics. I really do love talking about branding and building brands, and I just think it's so fun. Even watching like TV commercials and like picking apart like brands on TV, I just, I'm totally a nerd, I know. Um, so we're just going to jump right in, but first I want to take you back like three years ago to baby business Sarah. In other words, the version of me who had this business but didn't really know how the heck to grow it, like beyond what it already was at that time or anything like that. Basically, my marketing strategy as a new-ish photographer was to make an Instagram page, make a Facebook page, and just post on them like once a day and then just wait. No joke, that's about all I did. I had no idea that there was so much more that I could be doing to grow this business of mine, but I truly just thought that as a photographer, if I wasn't actually taking photos or editing, I just didn't have work to do. And I honestly think that's probably what a lot of photographers believe these days. Uh, There was really nothing personal about the way I did things. I was just trying to blend in kind of with every other photographer thinking that I would somehow be successful, which that logic seems so backwards, but that's what I believed is if I did what everyone else did, I would be successful. And boy, was I so wrong. I went down this rabbit hole for a while until I stumbled across this podcast that was talking about building a brand. And I'd never really heard that term before, 
at least not in regards to like a smaller business like I was. I knew that companies like Nike was a brand or Wrangler was a brand or basically just any bigger companies that sold clothing or like a tangible thing. I never really thought of myself um, being a service-based business that I would have a brand or be a brand. And even though I knew of these big companies as brands, I really had no idea how to actually make that of myself. So fast forward to today, and I think that having a solid brand foundation is one of the most important parts of your business. Without a good brand, your business does not stand out and it's not relatable at all. And if you're listening to all of this and you're in the same place that I was a few years ago, fear not. I'm going to break down all the basics of creating a solid brand and how to make it personable for you so that your clients are captivated by your every single move and they just can't get enough of you. <laughs> Sound good? So let's just get started on all of that. So number one is storytelling. And similar to how I told you the story of how I knew nothing about branding three years ago is the same thing I want to teach you. Storytelling is a great tool for building a brand that connects with people. And truth is, we're all in saturated markets and most people can't tell any real major differences between you and your direct competitors. So the way you make yourself stand out is through stories that are visually and emotionally impactful. By telling a story, you're making a connection beyond what you sell and making your brand feel more humanized. A really great example of this is the Budweiser commercials. And yes, I know I'm talking about a beer company, but honestly, I just think they do a really amazing job at using storytelling in their commercials. I look forward to them like every Super Bowl. <laughs> they have a variety of these commercials with their signature Clydesdales, but then they also have a puppy in a lot of them. And in the commercials, usually the puppy is getting into some kind of mischief or trying to escape or something. And the way they play all these commercials not only totally pulls at your heartstrings, but it also tells a story. And even in that 30 second commercial, there's a beginning, a middle, a climax, and an ending. And I will say that their approach is a little more indirect just because the story itself doesn't really have anything to do with their product, but Budweiser has built a strong enough brand with their Clydesdale mascot, if you will, that they can do this indirect approach and still impact the lives of their consumers by basically advertising to the people that have a more down-to-earth, easygoing lifestyle. They're not necessarily trying to brand themselves as like the party beer or the beer that people are going to come and, you know, get wasted on. They are just branding themselves as like the easygoing Sunday afternoon kind of beer. Um, and so I think that's really important to know that even though they aren't necessarily doing a whole storytelling thing on how their beer came to be, but they are in a way still talking to their audience and showing their audience like what their values are, what they represent, um, and that's going to speak to a lot of people. Storytelling can also give people a reason to follow you even if they're not in need of your product or service at that time. It creates a connection point beyond just what you do and it connects people to who you are instead. 
So think about some key stories in your life that maybe helped you, like lead you to where you are in your business today or even just in your life. Maybe you never went to college and everyone doubted you and now here you are doing the dang thing or maybe some traumatic experience happened to you as a kid that shaped who you are, which speaking of, Don't feel obligated to share like your deepest, darkest secrets in order to connect with somebody. Only share what you're comfortable with because they could be positive stories too. Maybe you have like a great memory of taking pictures on vacation with your family and that made you want to become a photographer or whatever that might be for you. We just want to remember that when we're telling stories in our business, like whether that be using this on your website or when you're going live or when you're on social media, that you are starting somewhere and just like a book, you're starting with something, whatever that looked like in the beginning, and then you have this whole journey in the middle of like how you got to be where you are. And I think that's one of the most important parts. And then even adding in like that climax before you get to the ending of like, you know, I was doing this and then I was trying to become a photographer and I just bought my first camera and I dropped it the day of my first wedding and it broke and shattered into a million pieces and it's like this huge dramatic thing but then you have this resolution somehow in the finale of how it all ended up working out and now you do this for a living and it's great and whatever but um, I think it's so impactful because you're bringing people in people are interested to know your story and it's really gonna that's what's gonna build that connection and that excitement and what's gonna keep people wanting more from you So I want to share really quick some of my brand stories or like the key stories that I bring up quite a bit. And some of you might recognize these if you've been around a while. Um, So one of them is the crazy story of how I met my fiance and I broke my leg. And then the other one is the story of me buying my first horse at 14. And I use these stories a lot because they shape my life in so many ways. My first horse was the reason I started my business. And when I met Tyler, I really had no idea that we would ever even come this far. And breaking my leg, honestly, probably brought us a lot closer in the beginning. And the story of my, well, okay, so the story of my horse resonates a lot with my students and fellow business owners because it shows them that anything's possible and I'm kind of giving an insight as to how and when I got started into this whole world of entrepreneurship, my trials and errors, like what first got me interested in it and then what led up to that. And um, it's kind of could be used as an analogy as well, um, as if like your dream business is, is, taking place of my horse and like how I had to fight so hard to get it. So um, you can kind of go a few different ways with that. Um, And then the story of how I met Tyler is relatable to a lot of my photography clients, maybe not because they had the same exact situation happen, but because they're in love and they just connect with me on that level. And the fact that I can understand how they're feeling during this time of wedding planning since I'm doing the same thing. But even before that, even when I'm just dating and he was just my boyfriend, you know, it's still, I found it very helpful to talk about my relationship myself um, to, to my wedding clients and my couples that would hire me because it was like, hey, 
I get those like butterfly feelings that you have because I'm right there with you, sis. Like I feel the same way. So anything you can do to share personal stories without being too personal, you know, there is definitely a line and don't feel like you need to overshare. Like figure out what you're comfortable talking about publicly and then share them consistently. Share those same stories. I've probably shared those two stories over and over and over again on a consistent basis and people tell me about them a lot not in like a hey you talk about this a lot but they'll bring it up to me like people I've never even engaged with before or talked to like that I would have no idea they knew that about me they'll bring that up in conversation and I just think that's really cool because it shows that people pay attention to what you're doing and um, people are listening so share those stories uh, build those connection points it's all super super important Okay, so my second point to creating a personal brand um, is to redefine what professionalism means. So, so many of us are caught up on this idea that being a professional, you know, we have to wear a suit and tie and talk very seriously and write emails in a very formal tone and blah, 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 blah. Now, if you've ever met me before you'll know that I have like three types of outfits in my closet. And I actually just saw a meme about this the other day, but uh, I have going out clothes, staying in clothes, and cowgirl up clothes. I think the only business attire I have is an old pantsuit my mom gave me that has like shoulder pads in it and maybe a couple of blazers that I like to pair with my jeans sometimes. But basically, ya girl was not built for corporate life. Um, that just, that's just not me. But that also does not mean that I am not a professional. So let's break this down. Professionalism is not what you wear. Well, okay, most of the time. This isn't necessarily probably applicable for those of you who are not entrepreneurs because if you have a job interview, you probably shouldn't show up in like sweatpants. Just saying. <laughs> but if you're an entrepreneur, then this can totally apply to you. Um, it's not about what you wear or how you speak. Um, it's not how well you can write an email or how firm your handshake is or anything like that. Being a professional, at least to me, is showing up on time and I can <laughs> I can actually already feel Tyler like chuckling as he's listening to this, if he's listening to this, because when it comes to doing like casual outings with Tyler, I don't think I'm ever on time, but <laughs> every other time for business things and like super important stuff, I'll probably be late walking down the aisle, like let's be honest, but um, <laughs> Being on time, if not early, when you say you will be somewhere is professional. It's being a good communicator and not leaving people high and dry. It's responding respectfully, even when you're dealing with someone who may be a little difficult. Um, and it's just knowing your overall value and worth. And when it comes to building a brand that people can relate to, I can just tell you now that people don't relate to this false idea of professionalism. Your ideal client wants to see the real you in all aspects. So that means in your emails, instead of sounding like a boring robot, try typing exactly the way you talk. My initial email, 
that I send to like an inquiring bride probably sounds borderline psychotic because of how excited I am. Like, no joke, I think the subject line is in all caps and says something like, OMG, 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 super stoked photographer coming at ya. And then the entire body of the email is pretty much me just crying and swooning over their details in a very dramatic way because that's just me. And I want people to get a feel for that right out of the get-go. And in fact, they should actually already have an idea of what that email is going to say or what it's going to sound like based off my website, my social media, and pretty much anything else I put out into the world because it all ties in together. Everything should be consistent. Don't have like a super fun bubbly voice on your social media and then send this like really boring straightforward email. That would just be kind of confusing to your client on what you actually talk like. And if you're struggling with how to type the way you talk, then try recording yourself talking like your response to that email and then just type out what you say. Or there's even the like buttons you can hit that will listen to you talk and they'll type it out like as you're talking, which is super helpful. Um, I'm pretty sure you can do that on your phone, like in your notes or something. So, but don't hold me to that. Basically, the point I'm trying to make here is that your personality should be invested into every part of your business. That's what makes a brand and the way you talk will always be different than how someone else talks. Again, you can be a super outgoing goofball just as long as you're still getting your ish done. And side note, I may be a total spazball, but if that's not your cup of tea, then that's totally okay. Some people would rather have a more calm and neutral person than someone like me. So again, it all kind of traces back to talking like yourself and talking directly to your ideal customer. And I promise the building blocks that come from that are going to be so, so good for your business. The third thing I want to talk about when it comes to building a personable brand is serving with purpose. Talking like yourself is great, but we want to make sure that the words we're actually saying are providing value. The last thing you want to be is the person who has nothing to offer your clients. Good brands go above and beyond even in the simple ways. This can be something simple like offering tips and tricks to your Instagram captions or something bigger like sending them emails jam-packed full of resources that are catered to them. Or you could go even bigger than that. Really, the possibilities are endless and it's totally up to you. But the goal is to build a brand that people will be raving about and you need to take yourself off a pedestal and come from a point of service in all things. Your business isn't about you. It's about your clients. And I know that may sound a little contradictory to the fact that I just told you that you need to put your personality into things, but that's not really what I mean or it is what I mean. What am I trying to say? Your business is not about your needs. Yes, you want to put your personality into it and you want to make it you, but your business is not about your needs. Your business is not about whatever you want to do. It's about your clients. Of course, there are exceptions and limits to everything, so take that with a grain of salt, but you need to be serving your clients in abundance. Don't be afraid of giving away free information or free tips on your social media because I promise you absolutely anything you have to say to them, they could find on the internet. When you're serving an audience before they book with you, they are subconsciously putting themselves into a different mindset of like, 
wow, she's giving me all this information for free. What would I get if I paid for it? And ideally, you would be serving them stuff before they even know that they needed it. Solve their problems and reassure any fears that they might have. If you're a wedding photographer, think about all the potential questions and problems that a bride planning a wedding for the first time might be feeling and use that as the backbone to your content to be able to serve them. Even if they aren't your brides that have booked with you, use them to serve all the other brides out there that are following you and it could still go a long way because you never know, like they might refer you to a friend um, or refer you to somebody else, even if you weren't the fit for them or they can't book with you, they might still see the value in you and, and push you towards somebody else. Basically, when you go above and beyond for people, not only does it show that you actually care, but it's also going to create brand fans for you. And brand fans are basically, like I just said, people that go around telling everyone else how great you are. Have you ever used a product like, uh, like a type of shampoo that changed your life and you just had to tell all your friends about it? You were being a brand fan or like a brand ambassador for that particular product. So again, take yourself off the pedestal. Stop thinking that people have to pay you for all the information that is in your brain. There are, there's a time and place for that, of course, and you do have to value yourself, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be giving value out for free and providing value and serving people's needs who have booked you and those who have not even booked you yet. Also, Going back to the idea of what makes you stand out from your direct competitors, the difference could be the fact that you're providing value and they aren't. So in the photography industry, and I, I know I use this example a lot, but if you're a photographer and you're just posting pretty pictures of your work, that's great, but, and then like your caption or whatever is just like a one-liner fluffy sentence that has no value, then yes, that's great. Maybe you get some likes off that picture and maybe you get bookings. But if you have a client that has reached out to you, I promise you they've probably reached out to other photographers as well. And if that other photographer is putting tons and tons of value in their captions, then your chances of getting booked are probably less than theirs because they're actually going out of their way to, to show value before they're even booked while you're just throwing up a fluffy caption and a pretty picture. Sounds a little harsh, but it's true. And that, like I said, applies to any type of business. No matter what you are, make yourself stand out and show that you are the best possible candidate for that client, no matter what it might be. Okay, and my last and final point for this episode on how to build a relatable and personable brand is to show your face everywhere. And I know I've mentioned this in a previous episode before, and I talk a lot about it on my Instagram, but when you are in a creative business or industry, it is really easy to want to just hide behind your work and let it speak for itself. But all you're really doing is showing what you do and you're not showing who you are. And the difference is that when you just show your product or service, you are showing your business, but when you show your face, you're building your brand. Um, and here are a few places just to kind of get you started that you can show your face and that you should be showing your face. This is places like your profile photos. So, you know, a lot of people want to put their logo as their profile photo, but I would put a picture of you looking at the camera smiling. It is a kind of a boring photo, but 
it feels more connectable. Like when you're looking at the camera smiling, people feel more connected to that versus obviously just a logo. Or if it's like this artsy photo of you like looking off into the distance, save that for other things. Like those photos are fine to use, but as your profile photo, you wanna make a good first impression and it's so much more inviting and welcoming if you're smiling and looking at the camera. Um, you also want to do the same thing on your about me page on your website is have that first photo that people are going to see of your face, like of you looking at the camera, smiling, and then everything after that can be more creative and artsy if you want. Um, but you can also be showing your faces in your emails or in an email signature. Um, you should be showing your face on your Instagram profile, like on your feed, obviously. And then, of course, going on your stories and actually talking to the camera, showing your face. Talk to your stories as if you're just FaceTiming a friend. And it feels super weird getting on video, but I promise you, the more you do it, the easier it's going to get. It doesn't feel as weird the more you do it and don't go back and watch it if you're like super mortified just post it and forget about it that way you don't have to like think about it after that um, but yeah doing it on your stories do Instagram lives there is something so powerful about live video and putting your face on live video um, it's just it's you in real time and it's so authentic because you can't edit it. You can't change things. Um, if your dog starts barking, like that's real life. People relate to that. If your baby starts crying, you know, people can relate to that. So um, while you might feel like that's super embarrassing, it's actually people really love to know that you're a real human being behind, you know, all the pretty photos that you post. Um, and then also on your blog, you know, post pictures of yourself on your blog and the content that you put on your blog doesn't just have to be business related and I think back to when I first started in photography all my blog posts were just blog posts of the shoots that I did they were essentially just another online gallery source in a way like I would just put the couple's name and then a whole bunch of their photos in the blog post and then maybe like a little excerpt of their story which is great and that content is is perfect and it's it's awesome and and I would say to continue to do that but on top of that add in things about you add in those tips and tricks you know you could take an Instagram caption and just do a snippet of what the the blog post actually is and do a whole blog post on that topic that's a lot bigger um, so offer helpful advice and tips and tricks on your blog, but you could also do per like personal things too. So kind of get creative with it, but make sure you're showing your personality and, and you're talking like yourself again in your blog posts. Remember that the more familiar you become, the more likely people are to book with you. Okay guys, let's recap. Here are the main points we discussed today on how to create a personable brand for your business. Number one, tell stories. Number two, redefine professionalism. Number three, serving with purpose. And number four, show up for your audience. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it lights a fire under your booty to go out and start talking like the true you. Share your stories and let the world see how amazing you are. I'm cheering you on and I can't wait to see what amazing things you're gonna do next. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl Podcast. Also, be sure to enjoy the exclusive Facebook group for our listeners. You can find it on Facebook.com and type in the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. And for all the links for today's show, make sure you head on over to the show notes. I'll see you guys next time. Bye!